Well, hello, gorgeous, and welcome to Unapologetically Ann. I am Ann Fisher, an Oklahoma girl that has never been afraid to dream big. I'm a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coffee fanatic, and a self-made millionaire. Every week here, you're gonna discover mind-opening topics on business and family, how to smush them together and make them work, beauty tips, and self-development to help you become your best self and to live an unapologetic life. I love your faces. Let's get started. Well, welcome, Glam fam, and thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Ann Fisher with Unapologetically Ann, and I am so excited about today's podcast episode because I have a very special guest that agreed to jump on um, for a very precious few minutes because her life is, I think I found a person whose life is even more hectic than mine. I didn't know that was possible, but it is. Um, this girl is, I'm a huge fan of hers, like literally one of the happiest people I've ever met. Um, she is a celebrity stylist uh, with the Orange County Housewives, and I'm going to let her tell you all about that. Um, she's super huge on gratitude and giving back. She's a mama. She's a special needs mama, which really, uh, I connect with her on that so much. We have very similar stories. And she is a huge influencer. And she might laugh when I say that. She may not think she is, but she really is in so many ways more than just how many followers she has on her social media platforms. Um, she's a voice for positive and good, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. And so without further ado, I wanna to welcome to the podcast today, Miss Christina Smallwood. an intro i'm like basically yes a big ball of chaos is coming in <laughs> that is that is true i love it oh my gosh thank you ann for having me i am so i'm just like honored that you even asked me i'm a fan i mean from the get-go of Monty world i have looked up to you so much so this is like so special well, you are just a little gem. She's really funny, y'all. Just wait. It'll come out in unexpected moments. Like, it, she cracks me up literally every day when I follow her stories. Uh, and she can sing. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. It's really not fair that she got so much of the good things. But I think God saw she had such a great heart. He's like, I'm going to give her a little extra push here and there. Oh, you're too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay at karaoke. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, she's so being modest, y'all. Go look it up. I'm sure there's a video somewhere of her singing something because it's crazy. She's good. Uh, oh, I did hear about a trip to Spain, I think it was, that or Barcelona where you made up a song and sang like on a drop of like. Oh, it was pretty brutal. I'm not even going to lie. We have a video of it and I was trying to jive with a, a, one of the piano players from there and it just. Yeah, we made something of it, and I just started singing about money, and yeah, it was fun. It was, it was great. Yeah. The president of the company actually is the one that was telling me about it, oh. and he was bragging. Oh he was bragging. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. Anything to get in Stuart's good graces, I'll sing anytime. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to dive right in because there's so many things, there's so many questions I want to ask you, honestly. Um, I, I really... Uh, 
today's podcast is kind of a multi-topic because Christina is an influencer on social media, like a pretty dang success. How many followers have you got on Instagram as of today, Christina? Like 65,000, I think. On, okay. uh, on my personal, yeah, I, it's crazy. It really is. The fact that people want to watch me do these sorts of things is um, like pumping my gas and frying eggs and all the real <laughs> things that we all do. Um, I really just kind of opened a window into my life. And, you know, I find that connecting with people on relatable topics is, is my jam. Well, and I think that you've done it so well, and that's why there's so many people following you because, like, I'm a fan, and it takes a lot for me to at actively follow someone, like, check in on them every day or every few days, and you're one of the people that I check in on because, first of all, you make me laugh, and if you make me laugh, you're my friend. It's just that I love to laugh, oh uh, God, but I think because I connect so much with you on your story, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. We got a lot of things to cover, but um, she's needless to say, she's got a pretty big following between all of her platforms. And what I love is that like, she's a celebrity hairstylist. So she, she's incredible at doing hair. And that's, that was a career of hers for a very long time. And then a celebrity stylist, I got to know all about that, how that happened and where, cause I've never heard your story of how, um, you got into that, but yeah, from, from that, to being an MLM boss, babe, because here's the thing. I just started saying it. We are with an MLM company. Gasp. Right. Um, it used to be Blech. such a dirty word for <laughs> so many people it is. in the social platform, and I just don't understand it. So I'm really working hard to break down the barriers with education because I honestly feel like people just don't understand the power of being a network marketer and how different it is today than it was 10 years and 20 years ago. Like it's a completely different story. It needs and all the advocation. Like it absolutely does. It's such a four letter word. You, you hit the nail on the head there. And I, I agree, I've been saying it more too. It's like, no, my name is Christina and I am in an MLM. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we all just got admit it. You know, like we are what we are and, but we're different and I, yeah. I'm excited. Well, and I want to know how you went from that life into MLM and what was it that made you say yes? Because a lot of people are like, I don't even want to approach somebody that has a significant following because they're afraid of the shame game. And I'm like, no, we're going to, we're going to address it. We're going to point out the advantages of it. And I talk very openly about that in um, my Instagram TV and also a lot of my podcasts because people just need to understand the difference. And it really does come from a lack of education. And then you make your decision based on the right information. And so we're going to dive into that part. And then I really do want to touch on the fact that you have a daughter, little Miss Finley, who has CP. And some of you know, some of you don't know that my little Gracie has CP as well. So I definitely connect with you on that how different it is to be a mama for a child with special needs. Like it, it just, it's a whole different ball of wax. So, and so to be able to accomplish everything that you have for me says so much about you um, as a person and a very present mama in her life and all the extras that go along with raising a child that has special needs and seeing to what they need to live the most fulfilling life they can. So we're going to dive right in. Um, Please, Anne, you're all, already making me cry. I know. You make me cry all the time. Oh boy. Laugh and cry. That's life. Yeah. Hey, it's a good life. I'm excited. Um, I love all these topics. I can't wait to go. Well, and I want to hear all about the things. So I'm going to turn you loose. First of all, tell us your story. Like, you know, you got married fairly young, right? 
Um, 24, 25. Yeah, so fairly young. But today's day and age, 24 yeah. is like 13 when I was You kid. know, my grandma, we're, uh, she's a, a mafia Italian lady, okay? My grandma from Chicago, Illinois. And when I was 22, 23, not married yet, hadn't met Josh yet, she's like, honey, just pick one. Just pick one. Like, I was old news. <laughs> so getting married at 25, 26, I think I was went right around there that that was I was old you know to my family so they kind of had lost hope for me and made me <laughs> the whole you were the old maid, I was. Old maid. <laughs> they skipped me went to my next cousin started pushing her to get married and it just was a whole thing but um I met Josh in actually in high school and I developed a crush on him and so years later via MySpace he saw me on my friend's MySpace and reached out and said hey I'm ready for a girlfriend to settle down um, you know, hook me up with your friend. And I was stoked because I never forgot. I never forgot Josh Smallwood. And um, I actually would sit and doodle in like class in high school and write Christina Smallwood. And so it's, ah. just, it's funny now. I'm like, wow, the power of writing things down, right? Right. right. <laughs> he gets so Projection weird. And I know he gets so weirder when I say that, but I'm like, yeah. And then lo and behold, about eight years later, we, I got him. I, I became. Snagged him. <laughs> you made it happen. He had I no choice. I willed that to happen. So, um, we got married. We were both worker bees, commission only. I actually was an assistant at the time and I got fired from my salon job. She kind of kicked me out of the nest. I would have stayed her assistant forever because it was just cush for me. It was easy. I, I could, I knew what to expect and I loved learning. I loved learning. And I think that was kind of the thing for her. She's like, all right, little bird, you got to get out of the nest. She kind of became a mother figure to me. And I was like, what do I do? I got let go. I mean, we got in an argument. It was kind of like a thing, but whatever. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. And um, I was looking at like super cuts. I was applying anywhere to for a job. And my husband was like, like, you are so extremely educated. You are going to work at a nice salon. You are going to have a nice clientele. Like, it's going to happen. And so he basically forced me to get my foot into the door at a, at a, a nice a salon in, in Newport Beach. So I went in there and I begged for her to just let me um, be commissioned because I didn't have clients. I had just moved to be with him. Um, like, 40 miles between Southern California is like three hours. It is. <laughs> So, um, he, yeah, and I, I kind of found my line that I became an educator for right around the time I started behind the chair by myself. And, um, I grew a clientele really fast using social media, just posting on Facebook. This was like before groups and all that kind of stuff. Yelp had just come out and I went from no clients to a wait list in like five months. Oh, wow. I got an assistant. And I mean, I was featured in magazines because I just had this passion. I mean, and that was the thing that everybody would say is you just are passionate about it. So educating my girlfriend and I started a business doing hair and makeup for weddings, which now Preview Beauty Group does like 250 weddings a year. Oh, wow. And up until money, I was doing weddings full time every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So my life was just very much like you said, a chaos. But it's always kind of been that. It's just the, the moods have shifted and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, and I just kind of was a sponge in my industry. And I learned ingredients. I learned, you know, what not to use, how not to do hair, 
and became just, I loved it. An expert. You became an expert because you really dug in. So how did um, Housewives happen? What, how did that, how did that happen? So when I was in the wedding industry, I just was always really good with people. I loved talking to the photographers, the event coordinators. I knew if I get in with them, they would refer me. And I knew the power of a referral and the power of just good business practice. And I learned all that from who I, who my mentor was when I was an assistant. And you just show up being professional and people will treat you professional. And there's a bad rep for a lot of hairstylists being flaky, flighty, all those things. And I just didn't want to be that. So um, it was it, the girl that got my foot in the door with Tamara was a wedding photographer that we worked with, and it just so happened she was shooting Tamara's Christmas cards and reached out to me and was like, "Hey, you're you know I feel like you'll be professional. I'd love to offer you to her for for free, but include her include hair and makeup in my package." And I was like, "Yes, like I would pay you to let me have that opportunity." Like I understood what was at stake. And I knew if I could get in there, I could get Tamara to like me. <laughs> and that's yes, how- because everybody loves you. To know you is to love you. That's true. Oh, I just knew I could, I just knew I would be professional. I wouldn't be rude. I wouldn't geek out. Um, and I was a huge fan of the show. So I had voiced that out too, to a lot of my clients that have messaged me. Like, I remember when you say, I just need one housewife. Like I was, speaking <laughs> out. I would, I, it's so crazy. Speaking of stuff. Yes speaking speak it out claim it you know like so yeah and that's really it I did her hair the one time and um that was that she paid me and she like tipped me which was so kind of her she did not need to do that and I knew she's a good person and not just you know my favorite on the show and um I messaged her like two weeks later and I just kind of forced it I said I would love to do your hair for the show like I would jump with the opportunity blah 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 and then I didn't hear back. And then um, later I sent her makeup artist, her regular makeup artist, a message and said, hey, I, wa- I want to do Tamara's hair. She said, oh, yeah, she told me you are. You're in. And, and, and you didn't even know. I didn't <laughs> even know. So, But it's just showed me that I, you have to go for what you want to yes. and um, not be afraid to hear no. So I learned 100%. all these things through building my career that are really good attributes for good business practices, you know, in direct sales. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that I had never heard the, how you have, how you got there, but I love it. And I, I think you're the kind of person that just claims what you want and it happens. Gosh, a good example of, of projection. And there's so many different words for it now, but I love that. So how did you hear about Monate and what made you say yes? Because previous to Monate, you were not a part of an MLM, were you? Well, I actually was, but not, not in the sense that I had built teams. I, oh, I would sign up for the discount uh-huh. and to support whoever my client or customer was. I'd put it on, you know, put the sticker on my mirror when I was behind the chair. I had, you know, different products that I would offer, you know, wraps to my brides and pink drinks to, you know, my brides and things like that. So I was kind of in, in them and I was open to the idea of, making extra commissions for my time, but I never, I never made more than, you know, a couple hundred bucks doing any of it. So, so yes, I was open to them, but no, I was not like this, like where, you know, you become a pro at something basically. Um, so Monique came to my town. Um, Finley was born 
really early. I basically never returned to the chair. I just kind of left my clientele to my assistants and I dispersed them. And um, I worked from home. I started doing hair out of my kitchen, which was always so embarrassing to me from someone that was like gonna, you know, at like an elitist salon to maybe opening her own salon and now doing hair in my kitchen sink, you know, <laughs> it's like mortifying. <laughs> um, but I did what I could and I was still doing weddings and then a Tamara had entered the scene and um, a couple of my customers and clients were like, have you, do you want to come to a wine and wash? And I was like, what? <laughs> so like, no. I'm like, you don't need to go to that either. That's just going to ruin your hair. There's no way a direct sales <laughs> drinking wine and doing hair. That's just a bad idea. Serious? I'm like, this is, this is horrible. I'm like, you're going to mess up your color. Like, I, I didn't know anything about it. Obviously, that was the first intro. And so I said, hey, Sarah, message me on Facebook on, on a post and ask me about a wine and wash. So just so I can come out and be like, nobody needs to do this. This is a waste of money. Well, like, I was a pro hater. Okay. Like I didn't want ah. to doing it. Um, and a couple people did it behind my back. And the next time I saw them, I could just tell a difference in their hair after even just six weeks, one had psoriasis that was substantially, um, relieved. And the other had a Brazilian blowout, blowout effect to her hair. Um, and I, I was convinced she got a Brazilian blowout actually. And she said, it's, it's Monat. She didn't even know how to say it, you know? <laughs> and, um, I, so that right there, I was like, all right, I got to try this stuff. And that, and that the rest is history. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you did, I, I don't know why I thought you kind of were against MLM because it seems like so many people are. I was but against hair MLM. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just makes sense, Christina. I it know. just makes sense. But the educator in me just, it didn't make, it didn't at the time, but I was, I was very, very ignorant to what Monique was and the, all the science that goes into it. I totally geeked out when I found out about our scientific advisory board and all the things I was like, oh, wait, what? This is like a legit brand. It's just the, the reps are kind of doing a bad job at promoting. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, that yeah. still happens. And so I feel like it, the same kind of thing happens with Jesus, right? Like it's <laughs> he's great, but a lot of the people can turn you off to it, you know? And so my job is to be the best example of what I support. So I love that. I love that analogy. That's really so good. And, and it's true. And I think with the entire industry as a whole, I said it at the very beginning of the podcast, we have a bad rap and it, and it, it largely stems from people that just do it wrong and people that are horrible, but you have to see past it and be willing because it's life-changing. And that's, that's the part, the, the next part that I want to get into. So tell me about Finley a little bit. And also I have to say, Christina is also a foster adopt mom for twins. And I know she can't really talk a lot about that. She can talk yes. in generalities because it's not a finished thing, but um, watching from the outside, it's just incredible that you took all of that on. But with Finley, um, having CP and special needs, that's a big hands-on job. That's really, it, it can take so much of your time and so much of your brain juice. Like mm. there are days I'm just exhausted from dealing with all the things. And so how do you balance being a mama and a 
um, absolute boss babe at your business, y'all. She's one of our top leaders in the whole company. She sits at the top of the leaderboards when it comes to prospecting and bringing people in. And I think it's number one, because of how awesome she is, but number two, because of her education and how she does, she just explains things so easily to where you understand and it's not weird. <laughs> It's not weird. Yeah, exactly. People stop start breathing heavy when they get asked about money. And I'm like, just tell them what you do. Like, just tell them what you do. You're not going to say something wrong, you know? Um, so Finley, when, after Josh and I got married, um, we, we started trying for baby, not about a year later. And my dad was actually in a horrible motorcycle accident and he was in a coma for four weeks and then he passed away. And it was really, really, really earth shattering for us. And I remember telling Josh, we were at probably a little over a year and a half of trying at that point. And I told him, I need joy. I need a baby. Like I need life now. And, um, I'm sort of the person that like you said, I can speak it out or put it on my head and then it happens. So when I wasn't getting pregnant, I was like, I'm doing everything right. Like, why is my body failing me? And I went to get tested and my first round of results show that I have diminished ovarian reserve. There's not a lot of awareness about it. Um, but basically if I get pregnant, it's most likely I'm going to miscarry and um, it's going to be really, really, really hard to get pregnant naturally. So that means we're going to have to do IVF and all those things. And we were, we were both commission only. I already had put my body through so much stress with my dad being, you know, yeah. and everything. I was like, we both don't really know who brought up adoption first. That's how on the same page we are. So immediately, I mean, the next day I probably was on the phone with the attorney's office making a consultation just to get, you know, like, what, what does this look like? Like, what's the next step? I have to be proactive. And we were matched within three months, um, with birth mom and we met and we sat at a table and they told us their due date. And I did the math and actually Finley turns out she was conceived the same week my dad passed. So it was just kind of one of those crazy stories that I was like, this is it. And they picked us. And then, you know, I was like, great, here we go. We're going to be parents. This is going to be awesome. I, I'm going to learn to be a working mom. I'm going to have baby. Like I just, I had all these plans. And of course, God laughs at us when we make plans. Mm -hmm. And, um, she came nine weeks early and suffered brain bleeding, which my dad died of a brain injury. So it was really, really traumatic to be back in the hospital for another five weeks, visiting the NICU, same sound, same smells, same everything. But, um, I got to watch someone get better and leave the hospital. So it was, it, it was really, really eye opening for me being a workaholic to now, like my child is my job and I'm terrified that something's going to happen to her and someone gave her to me, you know? So that, that aspect of it, I did not take lightly. And actually, I didn't know at the time how open we were going to be, but we're in an extremely open adoption. And I love Finley's birth mom, like a little sister to me. Um, so I forgot what you even asked me, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to hear a little bit about Finley. Oh, and, yeah. And how you merged your life and work with a child that has special needs and then now taking on um, two more kids that, you know, you will get to adopt hopefully. And, and just that, the stress and the strain of it, but doing it successfully, because 
you know, you probably feel like a cyclone all the time, but from the outside looking in, you're doing an incredible job. You're doing an incredible job and you need to hear it. Thank you, Anne. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's definitely hard. And I have to laugh a lot because it's, there's a lot of stress that comes with it. But I think now once we got answers and we got a diagnosis for Finley and we found the routine for her with therapy and what works and sleep patterns and all the things, um, and right equipment and good resources. And, um, it's, it's sort of just now like coasting, but I felt like I was fighting for a long time You do, and alone and all the things. And, um, so now, I mean, Finley's excelling, she's soaring. And of course there's days where I want to have a pity party that my daughter doesn't walk independently. But for me, I've, I've been forced to look at what we do have and the fact that she can crawl to her walker, get up in it, turn around and walk somewhere with it is independence to me. And that's, that's huge. So a lot of the young women that I run into that are independent and happy and have, and have, you know, go on to have their independent lives. They tell me my mom just never treated me different. So all those times I spent kind of crying, like mourning what Finley wasn't going to have that was not good. And so I, I learned from, I mean, she was super young and I pray to God, she has no memory of any of that, but I'm just, you know, we all make mistakes and I didn't know what being a special needs mom was going to look like, but I'll tell you this, we are so hard on her and we treat her as though nothing's wrong, you know, with her. Um, she just does things differently. And that's a verbiage that we've implemented in the house. And so obviously as the twins grow, we're going to have to teach them things, but they already, they already kind of get it. And their little dynamic is so sweet. And so adding them into the picture was something that would not be possible if I was not working from home. Isn't that such a gift? That's such a gift. You know, I just have to say really quick because anybody that's a special needs mama, I don't think it's wrong of you to feel, to grieve what could have been. It, I think it's a process that you have to go through. I think it's normal and it's not for you. And it's not, it's not like a shame. It's not like a, it's just a sadness for what you wish they could have had. But once you go through that stage, there comes the acceptance of, okay, we're going to make a plan. Now it's time for a plan. We're going to grieve what happens. You know, my brother was diagnosed with diabetes at the age of 18, type one. And we went through a mourning phase. It's the weirdest thing. And then somebody that had gone through the same thing said, no, it's a normal thing. And it's like, okay, I labeled it. I understand it. And it's just your mind accepting what is. And and you are sad for them because you know they're going to have struggles all their life that most people don't have. But as a mama, you do want to empower them to overcome and to be the best that they can be. So for me, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough emotionally, mentally, but what I think the important thing to say and see is, is how she's thriving. Like she's incredible. And, and no moss on that rock. Like It's amazing. Well, and, and here's the thing too about that is you feel, you have your little pity party until someone else feels sorry for you. And you don't like the way that feels. No, 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 no. And then, um, for me, I started being an advocate with her through Fifi and Mel, um, basically just to kind of prove people wrong. 
and show yeah. people how happy we were. Cause I think we didn't go to a lot of things cause I didn't want my preemie to get sick. And so I think people yeah. thought I was like, kind of hoarding my sick child at home and that we were sad. And so I'm like, no, 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 we're going to get up every day. We're going to smile. We're going to post a picture that we're happy and we're going to advocate and show people our life just looks different. It's yes. not And there's so much you get perspective goggles on and you just see beauty in everything. I mean, I am, I'm grateful for all of our struggles and the whole journey that we've had because it's really given me eyes to see the smallest, most beautiful things in everything. Um, and it's, it's changed me. That has changed me. So through Monate though, I've been able to have the ability to pursue adoption. And Josh and I just thought we wanted one more. And how we ended up with the twins is a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really cool because I have just gotten time to bond with them. And I touch base with my team probably every single day. I have, you know, several, you know, we all have the group messages. And um, I, yeah, but I get to put down my phone and be with my family and be present. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing. And there's no other job where I could do that. Well, and okay, so that takes me to like, and I really did want to talk about merging mom life. And I didn't know we were going to go quite down the rabbit hole that we did, but I'm glad we did because I understand, like I understand. And when I find somebody that, that really truly gets it, it's like, Oh, I need to talk about all the things. But for me, it's the same thing. Like for me, I mean, we were going through bankruptcy and so we had a financial need but I also had to find something I could do at home. And that's what I loved about this. And I didn't have a huge following. So for trying to bring in the influencer side and, and for me, my voice and my, like I advocate for anybody that's an influencer out there trying to make money through their social media that has a large following or a small following. Why wouldn't you monetize it? Like seriously monetize it with an MLM because there's where the real money comes in. We literally earn 10 different ways. And so instead of the standard one way, when you post a link and somebody can earn 10, 20% when you, you know, you earn 10, 20% when they purchase, if they purchase, you got to sell a lot of things for that to be any kind of significant income. And so for me, it just makes sense. And I want people to understand how easy it is to merge into your life as an influencer with a full-time career, um, as a special needs mom, as just a mom with young children. Like this was the biggest blessing for us because it was literally something I didn't have to make a big investment because we were broke as a joke. I didn't have to, I didn't have to have this knowledge base. Like I, anybody can do this if you're willing to learn and I could do it from home on my phone. And that was critical for me as a special needs mom that I could be right there hands on with my daughter because I wasn't gonna, like I wasn't gonna compromise the need for her, for me to be there with her. And so for me, just educating people that you should take a look, find a product you're passionate about, but do it. Like you're just, as my friend Courtney <laughs> says, you don't have to be blind, dumb, and stupid to not have the side gig Yeah, so because true. of the tax benefits, but also because of the potential to earn. So in what ways has your Monate business affected your financial budget at home? Like how has it positively impacted you? Unbelievably so. So let me say a couple of things. When I started my advocate account with PCMO, uh, we became an accidental influencer. People were reaching out all the time. Can you post this? And I'll give you 10% of that. And what I found was 
is that people are really using you as an influencer. Brands know, okay, there are major corporations that budget millions of dollars into influencer marketing. It's a real thing. And now yeah. there's all these agencies popping up. People reach out to you. People are spamming you. It's a real, real thing. And you have a real power. And even if you have a thousand Instagram fans, you have a power. And people are trying to steal that from you or capitalize on it. That's all those brands are doing. That I don't, I'm not even going to name any, but you know the ones. You see all the influencers getting paid $100,000 to post and they're basically saying, hey, we'll give you a discount on them and then you post them and you can earn 10%. It's pennies. Mm -hmm. okay? It's pennies. So, our, so our, we got to a point where there's a thing called Social Blue Book and you can actually see what your posts are worth. Um, it's really kind of cool. And I found out that our posts were worth a lot more than what we were making. And then I started to feel kind of icky because here I am just trying to do a good thing and these brands are taking mm -hmm. advantage. So then I'm like, okay, I know my value. And even then, you, there's no purpose to it. You're basically a salesman for all these other things, and you're not growing your soul to, into anything. You're just making yourself richer, and you're, make, you're alienating your, your followers because they know you're selling them something, okay? Yeah. And that's when it started becoming, they were like, how dare you, like, another sponsored post like people can smell it out okay yeah oh yeah so you kind of earn that rep in the industry and there's a lot of celebrities that are not influencers but they have a big following and they're not truly utilizing their influence right so that brings me to the whole influencer thing when you believe in something and you're talking about it and you can make a commission on it that's that's great. That's a job. But this is something that can grow and flourish. You're never going to wait, have to wait until that follower count grows for you to make the next amount of money or to sell a certain amount. You can actually grow in spite of um, like a certain skill set or a number or a statistic that you are, which I love. It puts the human back in this, you know, direct seller market because that's essentially what you're doing already as an influencer that has a swipe up to, you know, teeth bleach or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So when I talk to influencers, I'm like, it's not for them. A lot of the hangup is that they have to do more work beyond the post. They have to actually talk with someone, but guess what? You're, co you're now coaching someone on how to do what you're doing. And that in itself is a, that is like put so much purpose into it because now you kind of have an army of people with your team and organization that are doing what you're doing. So you're not just doing out for yourself. You get to help yeah. people. Um, but for me financially, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, Anne, but um, my best year was 2017 behind the chair. I had three jobs at that time. And, um, this year, 2019, we're what end of February and I've, my year is already better than my entire year of 2017. Okay. So let's stop there for just a second. <laughs> so you've already in two months time earned more than the entire year of 2017 working three jobs. Yes. And you work from home 
and your phone. So literally anywhere you go, if you've got your phone and internet, you can work your business. And I, and it's a gift and a curse. And I tell my husband, cause people ask, people ask all the time. I'm sure you get asked all the time. Like, do you really make money from your phone? And I'm like, well, yes. And guess what? I don't have to plan content because I'm telling you when you get, when you get a contract, and I think the biggest one Fifi and Mel has done is like maybe $5,000 for a post. Okay. It's a whole production. You have to shoot it the way they want it. You have to submit it to them. There's so much work that goes into it. Um, it's almost like it's not even worth the $5,000 because it's such an inconvenience to your life. And then you have this where I can pick up, I can reach out to people, I can connect with people, I can help a team, I can close a VIP from anywhere at any time. And there's not a lot of thought that has to go into it as much as a production, you know, and there's not a lot of production that has to go into it, um, which is amazing. And anybody can do it. That's anybody my can question. do it. It's, anybody it's, can do it. Okay. I love the industry. It does not discriminate. You don't have to have an eight-year college education and $100,000 in college debt. You do not have to be a doctor or an attorney, but there are people in Monate that earn more than the average doctor and attorney, which is just crazy. And they're just everyday people. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I didn't even go to college. Like I, I got married right out of high school, started my family. But I'm, I mean... And we have to say, and I'll throw it in there, you know, the disclaimer is that is not the normal thing because to, to build a multi seven figure dollar business or a six figure plus business, it takes a lot of work and effort. We work our butts off. We just do it differently than a lot of people do. And so the average person will never see that kind of income because they won't put the time and the effort into earning it. But the truth of the matter is anyone can, it's, it's not like one or two people are chosen and that's the only people that are going to do really well with it. Yeah. This is for anybody that decides to go for it. And we got a whole bunch of people, whole bunch of people making crazy amounts of money um, because they monetize their social media and they went to work and they come from all walks of life, whether stay at home moms, our number one income earner in the entire company is a high school dropout, literally did not finish high school. I think she got her GED later, but literally a high school dropout and, and, you know, top income earner in the entire company. So like you said, anybody can do it. Will it, everybody do it? No. Will everybody be successful? No, but you can if you want it bad enough. And so I, I love to point that out because this is anybody's game if you really want it. And also touching on the influencer side and all the effort from the, and I wasn't an influencer. Like I had, you know, 400 friends <laughs> on Instagram when I started my money business. Like, I think it was like 400. And I mean, I've grown and I am nothing close to what you are but it's a lot of work to grow your social media platform. But if you do influence for someone, not only is it a production, but oftentimes they expect you to pay for it. Like, and then hopefully, you know, like go buy five, six, $700 worth of our product, take a bunch of pictures, do all of that. And then we're going to give you a 10% code. So you're going to earn 10% on a 30 or $40 item. And hopefully a couple people buy it. Our like, make more than that. <laughs> right? And they it's get the products at a, at a great discount. I know it's, it really is uh, fascinating. And I was having a thought while you were talking about, it's just silly that it's overlooked. I lost my train of thought. Sorry, Em, I'm going to have to find it. Keep saying it's what okay. you're 
You're a mom. Well, I, I mean, just that people overlook what MLM actually is, or maybe they just don't understand. But when you're trying to be an influencer, did you remember? Yeah, I remembered. So when I, when I started, I had 5,000 followers. When I started with Bonnie, I had 5,000 followers on Instagram. And I remember thinking, I'm going to lose followers. Like, I'm going to lose respect. Like, this is, this is, this is, you know, but then I had to realize like, okay, it's really not about how many followers I have. It's about my connection and quality. And if I'm sharing transparently about why I'm doing what I'm doing, what I'm using, how I'm using it, like just open that window, like I said in the beginning, into my life, the right people are going to come. And now, I mean, it's grown 60,000 people. That's crazy. While I am a direct seller, you know, in an MLM, you know, and it, it's something to be said that for the support from other MLMs, most people have a side gig and they want to support other people with side gigs, you know, and just understanding that on the other side of your pride is a whole world of support and people like an amazing community that can't wait to support you. Well, and that's so true. And, and I think the more we get the education out there about it and the power of it, the more people will realize and, and everybody wants to be an influencer. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people want to monetize their social media. They just don't have the tools to do it. And network marketing definitely is. And I have found with Monate, which is the company that we're with, particularly they sat at, they set out to be a social selling company. And we all are social sellers, whether you think you are or not. Even if you have a hundred followers, you have influence and you, we do it all the time. We recommend our favorite lipstick. We recommend our favorite steak. If we go, you know, visit or go watch a movie, we recommend a movie. Like people do this and don't even know it. Why wouldn't you learn how to monetize it? And you can do it without being a creepy salesperson. Oh, thousand percent. Please don't be a creepy salesperson. Yes, you can. And, and we're living proof of that. And Christina, like for real guys, if you don't follow her, you have to follow her. Christina. What is your handle on Instagram? It's Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, and then another A, and then Smallwood, S-M-A-L-L-W-O-O-D. All right. And we'll link it in the podcast as well so that you guys can go follow her because she's funny, first of all. And her life is just, it's beautiful and chaotic and wonderful and she opened the window you definitely need to look through because she's an incredible person and you'll see why she's so successful it's true I, I think direct sales for me has become it's all of my favorite things and it always had a negative connotation which is why i was turned off by it but i'm like okay i love people i like furthering my education get to do that for free um i like traveling I like connection. I like idea making. I like being able to just talk freely. I'm like, this is really all of most people's favorite things. Like, why is there such this huge trauma that people feel like they're going to face when they, when they cross it? And I remember being there. So I could, so there's nothing necessarily that I can say, except to a lot of my friends that are still like, not sure. I'm just like, I promise you. You, you are the minority of the people that are anti, okay? Uh, when you get on the other side, you're going to see this world of people that are actually like super supportive and realize how close-minded you seem because all this is, is an avenue and a vessel to get somewhere else, you know? And, um, I, I absolutely, I love it. And I mean, look, you have a podcast, there's books, people are writing books, like people are 
building platforms and voices for amazing things. And even if you don't want to do any of that, I mean, what are, what are the statistics people are saying that most people are going to start, you know, don't go get a second job, start a home-based business, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to be coming up here on a recession soon. And it's just, I don't know, it, there, there's no reason to turn a blind eye to it. No, it's an opportunity. And let me ask you this, Christine, what kind of, what kind of car do you drive? I drive a Cadillac ESV. Do you pay for it? <laughs> I do not pay for it. It's actually almost paid off. I've only had it for two years. I've never had a paid off car, eh? And when I took it in, they, the guy was so confused on what I was trading into CarMax to buy the Cadillac. And he's like, what do you do? Because I was like, oh, my company's buying this. And I said, I sell shampoo. And I started laughing because, <laughs> right? It's crazy, but it's not. And it's, and I earned my car in six months. And um, it, I mean, it, it, my life just drastically changed from the moment I decided I had time to make time. You had time to make time. And one last thing that I want to touch on, and I know we're running probably a little longer than you expected, but um, Christina, now I, I, my last question to you will be, what is your best advice to somebody looking, that's an influencer that's looking at an MLM thing, but before that, I want to talk about gratitude and giving back. And and if you're looking at an MLM company, find a product you believe in and are passionate about. But also look at the company company's heart and, and what do they do to give back and how do they help the communities? Christina with Monade is what we call a gratitude ambassador. And so can you tell everyone a little bit about that and the importance of including gratitude in your life, in your business, and the fulfillment that comes from that and what you've seen? So in 2019, the company actually awarded me the, with their Hero Award, which it was voted on, and it's still crazy, amazing. It still sounds so weird to say out loud. I don't see myself as a hero, but what I do love about it is that's the best, that's the biggest award that the company gives out is for gratitude, not based on performance. Okay, so that to me says a lot about the heart of the company, and I think um, for me, given my history with Finley. Um, we we had to fundraise for her to have this crazy surgery when she was three years old and it was like sixty thousand dollars and majority of people that donated to our go to our it, our gofundme was five dollar donation so that touched me it changed my life just that fact that that many people can come together with five dollars and so just how much impact you can have no matter how small you think it is you know one of my favorite quotes is to the world you may be one person but to to one person you may be the world and yes. i love that and so just the fact that you know every money gathering we have we leave we leave a mark on you know whether it's the restaurant that we have it at you know we leave a bigger tip or if it's the building that we we do we leave you know okay give a hundred dollars to the gardener you know or whatever it is we want to bless people wherever we're at and i learned that from corporate and that's a mission that they've instilled in us to do. So that's one of my favorite things is just that they're, they're not only condoning it, they're encouraging it and they're empowering us to kind of go on our own and become ambassadors and um, speak on behalf of the company. Well, it's incredible. And if you look at our gratitude stats, and I'm not going to be able to quote them exactly, they just released some of them for the past mm -hmm. year. And it's ridiculous. It's crazy how much, how many communities have been impacted, how many market partners took part, we actually have a gratitude week in December where we really encourage people every day to go out and do gratitude things. Yes. Um, 
one of my things is tip the bill December. So in December, just tip, you know, tip whatever your bill is for people. And it starts a movement. And, and like you said, it, it can start a movement of so many things and so many people doing, and it becomes this huge thing. And so the company, you know, the president just said the other day, he said, gratitude used to be something we practice. Now gratitude is somebody that we are. Yeah. And they literally have an entire division for gratitude in the company. And it is all just to make the communities that we visit better than when we arrived. When we leave, they're better than we arrived. And it's we've done incredible. that. We absolutely have. And, and the thing about gratitude is we only know what people are sharing. And most people that are doing good things are humble people and yep. they don't tell us. So there's more impact than we can even imagine going on on a daily basis just from the gratitude that the money family has. Well, I love that you said that too, because I think you're so, so right. It, it's just bigger even than we see. So in closing, because I know you probably have to get back to all your, your things. Um, <laughs> for somebody considering an MLM that's an influencer, what, what three tips can you give them? Or even just what pro tip can you give them when they're considering that and your advice to them in getting started? So my advice is, okay, just because you love a product does not mean that you need to go work for that company. Okay. I've learned that on like there, I say it, like every different company is like a restaurant. Okay. You're going to have a different experience, different quality of food, different quality of ownership, staff, how they treat everybody, how they pay people, all that kind of stuff. So you want to find your nest, your, the restaurant you want to work for, right? You don't, not just the product or just that dish or whatever. So the ways I tell people just to kind of get them to understand how the direct sales industry works, because not a lot of us come into it knowing, um, comp plan is huge. Okay. And, um, you know, my needs is top rated. Our fast start program is like, what, what's the statistic on it? It's like one of the best in the Industry. Oh, one of the best in the entire industry. industry. Yeah. So that's what puts money in your pocket the fastest. And that's what money does. Um, the timing of it, the fact that we are just a little over five years old. Um, you don't, if you want to get to the top of a company, you don't join one that's 30, 40, 50 years old. You want to strike while the iron's hot. And our iron is money hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's flaming hot. And that is the truth. It's flaming. It's flaming. And, um, some, and, and obviously you want to endorse a product that everybody can use. You know, I love Shark Tank. So they always want to invest when it's a proprietary product, when no one else can duplicate it. And when it's something that everyone in the house can use and like money hits all three on the head, everybody washes their hair, even the baby, even the dog. Um, and we have men, when men, women, children, animal, all the things. And it is a proprietary blend. I mean, I'm coming from a hairstylist educator background and I've never seen products that do what they do and have the science to back it up. And also it's a one-stop shop. I mean, I used to have to dig and pull from different product lines. So if you are considering an MLM, just know that money is the cream of the crop. It's the Nordstrom of the direct sales world. And um, it, it's an excellent, excellent choice. That's my, I mean, it's the only choice. I love life. that. Yeah. I love that. And so anybody that's scared to do it because they've heard so many icky things about network marketing, what do you, what do you say to that? Well, I mean, I think about people in, in the gym. Okay. So are you not going to go to a gym because there's people that say they go 
never, you know, have progress or complain about it or quit the gym or, you know, like it, it's, it's there for you to use and you can be, you could become that bodybuilder. I mean, I'm going to start speaking that out because apparently I spoke out my husband and I married him. <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, I mean, I don't need to be a bodybuilder, but I'd like a six pack. Let's claim Can you it. speak it for me too, please? <laughs> While you're speaking, just speak we it for me. We are going to have six packs. <laughs> I'll start calling on Christina when I need stuff done. Okay. Six packs. But I mean, in just that sense, it's the same idea. Um, it's just the tools that, that are there for you to use if you want to use them. And it's up to you to be disciplined and it's up for you to turn it into something. But I mean, of that, you totally can, and people do every single day. Well, a, a couple interesting statistics I've quoted before is in the United States, um, in the network marketing industry, it's seventy-seven percent of the people that are earning six figures and more are women, and I think that's very powerful because women, so many times, they have the career, they're at home, they want to be home with babies and all of that. But for me to be able to say that. 77% of the income earners at six, six wow. figures and over are women. That's incredible. Wow. Incredible. And it's just such an opportunity for people that maybe feel like they don't have any other route. I didn't. And so for me, MLM was the answer to all the things we were dealing with. And it's changed our life. It's changed your life. It's changed literally thousands and thousands of lives. And so today, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Take a look and take the jump because you have nothing to lose. Nothing. But what if it, what if it changed your life? Like it just makes sense. Well, and to me, I was like, I'm going to buy products anyway. Yeah. So I may as well just buy a product pack, use all the products and, and, you know, maybe I'll turn it into something and here I've turned it into my, I mean, I'm forever grateful. Yes. Incredible. Well, we're grateful that you said yes as well, because you've been such a positive impact on the company, on the people to know her again, guys, is to absolutely love her. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. I know she's got babies to get back to Christina. I can't thank you enough today for joining me guys. This is so exciting. Please share this with your friends. Um, anybody that you, that you know could use an extra boost and an income or a side gig, share this with them. We really want to debunk the myths around network marketing and the power of it for people that are everyday people just like us. Yeah. Um, Christina, I just, any last words, any last thoughts you want to add? I love you. I'm so glad you're doing this. Yes. That no, just, I mean, jump in, say, why not? Like, the, have you all seen the movie? Yes, man. I mean, look at how amazing things that happen when you start saying yes, you know, wow. and <laughs> it's wow. just, why not? You never know unless you try. And I really believe if you feel that itching inside of you, you can only not itch it for so long before you go. Okay. And all of us jump in and then we go, dang, I would have, I wish I would have jumped in sooner. Yeah. So, the only thing you do different is sooner. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't have hated on it for so long. <laughs> but now you're you an educator. Yeah. Now well, I'm thank you again for joining us, Christina. I love your face yeah. so much. Love your Guys, face. thanks for tuning into this episode of Unapologetically And. Please share it with your friends. Post it on your story. Screenshot it. Let me know. You might be one of the fans of the week. And Christina, again, um, all the blessings to you and your beautiful little family. And just keep being you because I'm a fan and all y'all will be huge fans too as well. Everybody have a blessed week and I love your freaking faces.